I got to hear Keisha sing that this morning early when she was practicing, and me and Alan was in the back. And I said, uh, you know, Alan, you can't sing that song just like, you got to sing it. And sing, and Keisha doesn't just sing it, she means it. What a wonderful testimony, and you have blessed my heart this morning, Keisha. I praise, I praise the Lord what he's done in your life and what he continues to do, and thank you for singing for us this morning. We're in Second Peter, we, that was part of our reading this week, and I think lots of times these little books we kind of buzz through and don't really uh you know they're not like they're not the gospels and uh they're not like all of paul's writings and so sometimes i think these kind of these little books get the back seat and i have loved first uh, and second peter and jude this week just wonderful wonderful readings and uh this particular uh message uh, when I read, when I read in this, it just, man, it just grabbed me. And, uh, I, I actually woke up very early one morning this week and just knew exactly. I had read this the day before and knew exactly what I was going to preach. And the Lord helped me. And, uh, I actually had my sermon very early in the week. And I thought, this is going to be awesome because I'm going to be able to go over this and look at it and really have it in my mind. Because sometimes my sermon comes late in the week and I don't really have time to look at it. And so I wrote this on Wednesday morning, about 4.30 in the morning. And I got it done and I thought, I'm going to have every, I'm just going to have all this time to look at this. And that's the last time I saw it till last night we just got busy and i was like oh i even forgot i've kind of forgotten what i was and and as i looked at it last night and then again early this morning uh this is i'm not saying it's a great message it's a great word from god it's a great promise here uh, that peter gives us a man who walked with jesus and saw jesus and saw what he did and saw his power over sin This is not something that I came up with. Peter saw it and wrote about it and is telling us about it. So let's stand this morning and honor God's word. Let's prepare our hearts this morning. Let's read this together. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you. You guys read and I'll just listen. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. All right, we're going to be in 2 Peter, the first chapter. We're going to read the first 11 verses. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us, I love this, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. 
through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. It's not, I heard about it, but he says, through this, we become part, we get to participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Isn't this great news this morning? And, and he says that we can have this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When I first started reading this, I was going to kind of stay in on that other side. What are the things that God asks us to do? What are some things that he can help us and increase uh, our ability to be what he would have us to be. And I'm just to be honest with you. I got stuck in the first four verses and I was just excited about the promises that Peter had for us. So let's just open up our hearts and listen to the word this morning. Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. Father, this is good news. And Father, we, we hear what you want from us, but sometimes it just seems like I, I know me and I, I don't know if that's possible. And so, Father, today, I pray that we would have more faith in you than we do in the sin nature in us. And, Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Help us to come alongside and participate in the nature of Christ. Not in the sin nature, but in the nature of Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter is saying to the people here, he said, you can do this. This is something that is possible. And I don't know if you, about you, maybe you have sat in church at times, sometimes, I have. I've sat in church, and maybe you've sat in a church service sometime or somewhere, and maybe you're there right now. And maybe you've sat in a seat for one Sunday or two Sundays or two months or two years or two decades. And there are times when we're reading the scripture, or you're in your home and you're reading the scripture, and God lays out what he has for your life. And you're thinking, how in the world am I going to be what God has called me to be? He talks about different times. He's called us to be holy. He's called us to be what he's, uh, to, to be his people and to, and to live lives that are completely different from the rest of the world. And he calls us to that. And we know that's what he wants us to do. And yet we, in our minds, we say, how in the world am I going to do that? Because I know how I am. I know how I am. And then I see what God wants from me. How in the world am I going to be that person? I'll never be able to do that. And I don't know if you have been there, but I have. I have been there and read God's scripture and say, how can I do this? I mean, I hear these words from God and I see God's heart, but I also know my heart at times. And he says that I can be holy. And sometimes I ask the question, how can this happen? How can I be holy? Because I know me. 
I know how I am. And we see God and he says to be holy, but I say, I know who I am. And I know me. And I know my heart. And I know the attitudes that I have. And I know the prejudice that I have in my life. I know the desires of my flesh. I understand that. I'm very well, well aware of that. And I know my desires that I have to be accepted. And I know that I have desires to be successful in this life. And I have things that, that I want to do. And I have thought at times, there have been times in my life when I read God's word and I say, how can I do this? Because I see how far I am away from him and his desires. And I think, how, how, how can I do that? How can I be what you say that there is here? Because this physical body screams to have its own way. It screams to do the things that it wants to do. When we get hungry, this body of ours has aches and pains in it. And it says, I want to do this. This, this body has things that in it that because we live in this body, it, it, it demands, it wants to have its way. It wants, we have this, it's that sin nature in us that makes us want to do the things that we shouldn't. Our body, it has desires and things like that. I once, I once knew a guy. Uh, who uh, who liked Mountain Dew? I, I knew this guy. I knew him very well. He would drink Mountain Dew out of a boot if it was there. I mean, and and he he had this. His body craved uh, Mountain Dew, and so he he decided that he was going to give up Mountain Dew. Like you know, well, his body started to crave. The, the yummy, sugary, uh, caffeine-packed nectar of life that is Mountain Dew. And he would have, I, I mean, I, this guy, that's what the guy told me. I mean, this is somebody you wouldn't know. But, and, and his body started to crave, I mean, he would have headache. I mean, his body was craving this stuff. And, he wanted, and his body wanted the sugar. And I want, I mean, he wanted the caffeine and things like that. You know, his body craved it. It was a physical thing. And, uh, and so he had that. And it's the same thing with everybody. There is something in all of our lives. And, you know, yesterday, yesterday we were, we were at the kids camping and there was a, there was an open bottle. I mean, an open can of Mountain Dew. And I said to Lindsay, I said, is this, is this yours? Cause I was one, I mean, I figured somebody had drank out of it, but my body still wanted to drink out of it. I didn't care who had drank. I said, Lindsay, is this yours? And she goes, no. Well, her body doesn't crave Mountain Dew. Her body craves something else. I don't know what it is, but it was not Mountain Dew. But all of us have, mine craves it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well out of it now, but, but sometimes there's something in us. There's things in us. There's something in us that there is a desire for certain things. And for some people, it's Mountain Dew. And for some people, it's smoking or drinking or drugs or, or whatever the body craves. And those cravings are so strong that we get to where we think that they cannot be overcome. There is no way that I can overcome this because we know the power of that in our own body. We recognize it. We feel it. It's something we feel. We feel that temptation in our body and we think this is so strong. I don't know how I can overcome this. So Peter 
writes, and he writes throughout the, uh, and we see it, and we see it throughout all of the of the New Testament as they're talking to the to the church. And Peter writes at different times. He says we need to overcome sexual immorality. Apparently, at this time in the church's life, there was a problem with sexual immorality in the New Testament church. And aren't we glad that they got that taken care of, taken care of several years ago? And we don't have to worry about that anymore. That we no longer, sexual immorality is no longer a problem in our country or in our church or in anything. I'm so glad they took care of it back then. Wouldn't that have been hard to have dealt with? We're still dealing with it because it is so strong. It still is a strong uh, sin. Sexual immorality is a real problem. You know why? Because it's a real desire. It's a bodily desire. It's a real physical desire and it's very strong. And so we know that it's strong and we know that it's real because we see men and women give in to it even though they know full well the destruction that it brings. They know it's going to destroy. They know that it's going to tear up and make havoc out of relationships and things like that. They know all of it and yet they still enter into it. Why? Because it's such a strong desire. They know it, but it's so strong. And they say, well, you know, that's just the way it is. And we make excuses, you know. And we make excuses for our kids, you know. Boys will be boys and girls will be girls. And, uh, you know, they act that way. And we act like there's no way that they can overcome the power of the desires of their heart. There's no way that they can overcome this powerful, sinful nature in us. So, so we just, you know, we just do the best that we can. We'll just ask for forgiveness for it and, and hope that it gets better. And you can ask for forgiveness but you have to understand that you're still going to live with the consequences of your sin. And it would be better if you would get above it and not take part in it so you didn't have to live with that. But it's so strong we just make excuses and say, you know, well, that's just the way that it's going to be. And the truth is we have all kinds of faith in the sin nature. We believe, we believe in the sin nature. If you say, do you know, do you believe that sin can destroy someone? Yes, I do. And I, and I believe that it probably will. Well, we, get, we believe in the sin nature. We, we, got to the, we, we have gotten to the point, and uh, I was talking to somebody about it last night, and, and if you talk to, to Pastor Sean, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you, you know, we have, we have teens that come through there, and, and we start preaching about holiness and separation from that. In their mind, they think, there's, there's no way I'm going to make it through high school with my virginity. That is just not, it has become an acceptable thing. Even parents accept that. Well, you know, they're probably, they're probably going to mess up before they get out of high school. That's just probably what's going to happen. Who says that? Do we not believe that God can come and through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, help us to not fall into sexual immorality. The word says that it's possible. And at some time we have decided that we believe more in the power of sin than we do in the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome it. We've seen so many people fall that we just think, oh, the power of sin is so powerful that we can't overcome it. Baloney! The power of the Holy Spirit is more powerful. The the problem is we have more faith in the power of sin than we do in the power of the Holy Spirit. I should have got an amen out of there somewhere. There you go. 
But we, we see this stuff and we, and, we, and, we, and we see it in our families. And you have families who for generations have passed on the same sinful habits to the next generation. They have the same attitudes, the same habits that are taught from one generation to the next. They have false ideas about marriage and family. And for generations, you see it one generation after another, and the nature just grows stronger. But it can be broken. You know, I don't care if nobody in your family, if everybody in your family has sinned and had the same sin generation after generation after generation, it can stop with you. And you can be the last generation that suffers from that. You can start and have a new generation that we follow God. And everybody before you could have been miserable and lost in sin. And it stops with you. But you have to say, this is where it stops. I believe it. I believe it can stop with me. And some of you have come from, and and you can't help where you come from. You can't help what you've been taught. You can't help what's happened to you. But at some time in your life, you can say through the power of Jesus Christ, this unhealthiness, this unhealthy attitude, this unhealthy practice, this unhealthy whatever, it stops here and it's dying. It's going on the cross and it's dead. We'll have a funeral and we ain't going to go back and put flowers on its grave. We're done with it. And God wants to do that in your family. And he seeks to do that. But too often we have this, this, uh, this belief and, we, ha- and we, you know, we just make excuses. Well, you know, that's the way they were raised. And that's the way I was raised. And that's what my grandpa did. And that's what my dad did. You know, and, and she married a guy just like her mother married. And that's the kind of guys they married. And it's no wonder she did because that's the way her mother did. And that's the way her mother did before that. It's always been in their family. Their family has always done that. Their family has always, you know, been alcoholics or gossips or gamblers or Oakland Raider fans or something like that, you know. You know, just this, you know, I don't, who knows, whatever. But they've always, been, they've always been that way. They've always been angry people. They've always been liars or whatever. They don't, they don't know any better. This is my favorite one. That's the way they were born. Well, you know, you know what Jesus says? You can be born again. I don't care how you were born. Jesus don't care how you were born. You need to be born again. And we look around and we see the carnage of sin and we, and it is powerful. And we see the power of sin to destroy life. And we start wondering Is there more power in the sin nature to destroy than there is in God to heal? And I'm here to tell you this morning, sin has been defeated. Satan has been defeated. God reigns. But if we have more power, if we have more faith in the power of sin to destroy and to kill than we do in the power of God to heal life, sin will have power in our life. And I started thinking about what is the actual power of sin? And sin always ends up in death and destruction. Sin always ends up in death. 
And sin's power, sin is the power of death. And we look at sin and the power that it has to do, get you to do bad things. And, and if we follow it, we will end up in death, in destruction, in a separation from God. So sin's only power is to separate me from God. My sin separates me from God. And God is the source of life. And are you telling me this morning that you have more faith in the power of death than you do in the power of life? And this is why the the words of Peter are so important and so powerful. Because Peter is not some preacher 2,000 years from now in rural Missouri saying this stuff. He's the guy that was right there and watched it all happen. It's not, it's not something someone said to him or anything like that. Peter was eyeball to eyeball with everything that was going on. And he watched the story from beginning to end. He lived it. Peter was an eyewitness to this. He saw it with his own eyes. He saw sin defeated. He saw it. You ever... Uh, Talk to somebody like these old guys used to used to they used to have the heavyweight the the boxing championships they used to be on regular TV, be on ABC with Howard Cosell you know, and it was you know and I don't know what you think of Howard Cosell I remember as a little kid we never watched anything sports, my dad didn't give a flip about football or anything like that. And he was not a big boxing fan, but every time the boxing things came on. We would gather around the TV and watch Howard Gelsell. You know, and, I, and, and I can remember we would be at the barber shop and them old guys would talk about it and they'd say, oh, I remember that. He would, he would talk and they'd talk about, you know, I remember when Foreman and Frazier, I saw the fight between Foreman and Frazier and Ali and Leon Spinks. I, I remember watching Ali and Spinks, you know, and Brooks and Dunn and Sonny and Cher. I remember those fights, you know, and all, no, I don't know. Some of you are going, who's Sonny and Cher? I'm so stinking old. But people, people say, I remember. I saw that fight. I remember that thing between uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. The fight that brought Joe and Anita together. What a wonderful, between, and, you know, it's, people don't even know who Andre the Giant is now, but man, it, it, I remember that fight. I remember that. I saw it with my own eyes. And Peter is right there. He's like, I remember. I remember when the power of God and the power of sin had the final fight. I was there. I had front row seats. I watched the whole thing. It's not something that that I'm coming up with now. Peter's saying, I was there, dude. I saw it. I felt it. And so Peter saw the power of sin. Peter sees all of the high priest, these people who were of God, he saw that the, the power of sin was able to take the high priest, the people who I think they had a love for God. I don't think they were right, but he saw sin come in and pervert their minds to the point that the people who were leading other people to God came to a place to where they killed God. That's pretty powerful. That you could change someone's mind who was believed in their heart that, that we are trying to lead people to God and that changed their hearts to the point that they killed God? And Peter said, I watched the whole thing. That is a pretty powerful thing for, uh, for, for something to come and do that. He felt it. 
He felt the power of sin. He loved Jesus. And yet the power of the sin nature moved Peter to deny his friend. He felt it in his own heart. He watched it in other people's lives. And he was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe they're going to kill Jesus. I've watched this. I've watched the power. I can't believe they're doing that. But he felt it in himself in that when it came down time for for him to either say, that's my friend and that's who I'm following, and and to deny him, a little girl comes along and says, I think I saw you with Jesus. No, I didn't. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he says all this nasty stuff to her and then runs off. And he felt it. He saw it and he felt it. And we're all the same way. We see the power of sin all around us. We see the power of families destroyed, things destroyed here and there. And then the truth of the matter is we feel it in ourselves. And there are times when we deny Christ and don't do the things he wants us to do. We, we, he had, he, he, Peter saw it and felt it, and we see it and feel it as well. And we see these things. And so uh, we know this, and, and, and he, he saw it and he felt it. And then something happened. And the Holy Spirit came. And on, and on a Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit came. And now, when the, before, if a little girl would come up and say, you were with Jesus, he would deny it. But after Pentecost, when the power of the Holy Spirit gets in Peter, he will not deny who Jesus is. In fact, he, 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 he proclaims Jesus all the way till he is crucified himself. So before, if a little girl said something to him, he would deny Jesus. And now, as he's standing and saying, look, you deny Jesus or you're going to lose your life, he says, I'll just lose my life. Do you see how far he's moved? And so the, the power before was to fail, but now the power, there's a greater power in him that has overcome. And so the power in him now is more powerful than the sin nature. Peter stays true till he himself was crucified. Well, well, what happened? What happened to him? What did he see? Because his divine, because he says here, because this divine power, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. He's got everything he needs now. Before, he didn't have what he needed. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. And now he says, I have all I need to overcome this nature in me. And then he says, I love this part. I love this. You know, it talks about things we had never seen before. We, we ask these questions tonight in, 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 our, in, our, in our groups on Sunday nights. What's something you've never seen before? I'd never seen, I read this, I don't know how many times, but it never had clicked on me and it, and it, and it clicked in my mind. We get to participate in the divine nature. That's sin. Folks, we believe that the sin nature can be removed. That I, don't long, I no longer have to live with this desire to sin. We believe that that can be removed. Now, does that mean we're not going to be tempted? No, we can be tempted. But it means that this, this nature, this thing that's in me that makes me want to do the wrong things can be taken out of me. And it says that I can participate with the divine nature. Well, if I've got the divine nature on, in me, what are my desires going to be? to do right, 
to do good, to do the things that God would have me to do. Now, Jesus had the divine nature. Was Jesus tempted? Absolutely. But his nature was to do what God would have him to do. And Paul's, Peter says, Peter says, that same power can be in me. And it says, it says that it overcomes, it says, through an escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What's he saying? He says that I can have the divine nature of God and I can get rid of that stinking sin nature. Well, that sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, how can that be? And Paul, Peter is saying, I can have this divine nature in me. But you have to get to the place where you believe that God can do that in your life. When you have more faith in the Holy Spirit's power over sin in your life than you do in the power of sin. And I'm asking you the question this morning. Paul, said, Paul says, you know, I mean, you have to understand where he's been. He says, I have seen the power of sin. I've seen it in other people's lives and I have seen it in my own life. He said, I have felt the power of sin. I've felt it in my life. I've felt it in my family's life when they do foolish things and, and it comes back and it makes a, I mean, we all know that. Everybody here has suffered because of a bad choice of somebody else. Somebody in your family has done something and your whole family has suffered for that. You have felt the power of sin. You have seen the power of sin. You have felt the power of sin. And Paul Peter says that it is more than enough to overcome. He said, I've seen the power of sin. I felt the power of sin. He said, but I've seen the power of God. Sin put our Savior in the ground. He saw the power of sin to make people who love God kill God, literally. And he saw that. He said, I saw the power of sin. He said, but I saw him come out of the grave too. This is not some secondhand something or another. Peter said, I know Jesus. I walked with him for three years of my life. I saw him go in the grave. I saw him dead. I saw him alive. I have seen the power of God to raise things that were dead. And then he says, and I have felt the power of God. His Holy Spirit. I know it's Jesus because I know Jesus and I know what is inside me. He said, I have seen the power of Jesus and I have felt the power of Jesus. And so Peter says, I have more faith in the power of God than I do in the power of sin. And when that happens, something changes in your life. And that means that instead of thinking, well, you know, I just have to give in to this, I have to think, well, I don't have to give in to that. The power of God is more powerful than the power of sin. And I don't have to do that anymore. And I don't care what it is that you're dealing with this morning. The power of God is more powerful than that. Lance, I want you to come. Some of you this morning are dealing with something in your life 
that you are, you keep dealing with it. You, sometimes you have a, a maybe a, a season where you're doing pretty good, and then you keep dealing with this one thing. I don't know what it is. I don't care. I don't even need to know. I don't care. But it is such a strong temptation to you. It is such a strong desire to you or whatever. that you And you know how strong it is. You know how strong it is. You feel it. Your body shows you. You feel it. You have the desire. And, and I'm telling you, to, in my mind, most, most sin is a, phys, it's a physical. You can feel it. And it's a desire. Some, for, for some, it's a desire to be successful that, that just drives you and drives you. And, it's, and you feel it. You lay awake at night or whatever it is. For some, it's like what Peter was talking about is sexual immorality. For some, it's addictions of some kind or another or whatever. And it's physical. And you know, hey, this is church. We need to be honest in church. And it's real. And you feel it like everybody else around you and you know how strong it is and in your mind you're thinking I don't believe God can overcome this because it's so strong well I got good news for you this morning he can and he wants to Peter says I've seen the power of sin I felt the power of sin but I have seen the power of God and I have felt the power of God And God gives you everything you need to overcome whatever it is this morning. Wouldn't you like to leave and be done with whatever it is that's overpowering you this morning? I want you to stand this morning. Some of you this morning, when I say... What is the sin that has strength in your life? You know, you know exactly what it is. I mean, as soon as I said it, you know exactly what it is. And right now, the Holy Spirit's working on you and talking to you. And you know exactly what you need to do right now. You need to come down here and say, God, I believe you can take this and really believe that. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If you're not careful, you're going to let the walking down to the altar... And the fear of what someone might think of you keep you from walking out of here clean and delivered from something this morning. Oh, what would, oh, what would people say? Nothing. We'd say, yay. Don't let Satan talk you out of leaving here clean this morning. He wants to. I know he does. I know he does. He can deliver you from things and you never pick them up again. I have watched people time and time again who had a powerful addiction, a powerful something or another in their life, and God cleansed them from that and filled them with the power, and they walked away from it and they never picked it up again. And he wants to do that in somebody's life this morning. Let him do it today. If God's speaking to you, respond to him this morning. We're going to sing. Come as we sing if you need to pray.